You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and I am here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and George Sistruck and Alan West from Town Brewing, the best and most recent brewery here in Charlotte. So here we go. Four lawyers walk into a bar. Okay, no, it's not a joke. But these four lawyers and avid home brewers had an opportunity and idea to open a brewery in a part of Charlotte that really hasn't been in the brewery boom so far. Uh, but the west side is the best side, is what everyone's been saying. So Town Brewing is the first brewery to open its doors on Freemore West, the historic West Charlotte uh, neighborhood where West Moorhead, or it's right off West Moorhead Street and Freedom Drive, um, right over by Rhino Market, if you know where that is. So we're so excited to learn really what made you guys want to start a brewery, what's your vision, how are you different, and really learn a little bit more about what Town Brewing is all about. So thank you, George and Alan, for joining us on the Brand Butters Podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank Thanks, you, George. Guys. Yes, sir. Thank you, Alan. Hey, so we, we have so many questions, but but we should probably start from the beginning. How do four lawyers with solid day jobs and growing families decide to open a brewery? Uh, well, you know, starting out of friendship, we've known each other, worked with each other for a long time, and then uh, it also started over drinking beers. Right? <laughs> I mean, we, uh, we, we started over drinking beers, knew that we all had uh, done some home brewing on our own, and then started talking about doing it together. So when you were doing this home brewing, did you guys ever have like competitions in Georgia? Like my beer is definitely the best. And Alan's like, yeah, right, buddy. Mine's definitely the best. Who's, who's the best brewer in the neighborhood? Well, at that time, they were all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of them. Trial and error. <laughs> so when, when was this? How many years ago did, did this sort of, because it, this brewery craze just seems to be really taken off the past decade or less here in Charlotte. Was it that long well, ago? I, I'll tell you, when we, when we first started... Um, we, what we did is we collaborated on a small system, about a half barrel system, uh, had that built so we could all do, do the brewing together and we got together in George's garage to start with. But I, I, you know, in terms of the timing, I remember at that time there was only three breweries, right? Four friends. Uh, there was Noda and Birdsong and and Old Max 04. Uh, and, and that was it at the time. I remember when, uh, going over at the triple C space when they first announced that they were going to build over there in South End and drove over there and, and was scratching my head thinking, who the hell would want to build out here? <laughs> <laughs> so I really had my finger on the pulse. Uh, Some great visionary. Uh, you know, you're great visionary already. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, I mean, one of the big things with, with Tom Brewing, I think any any location you're going to start a business is where are you going to put it? Um, so you had mentioned, you know, Triple C opening in an area that you never thought you'd even go on the other side of the tracks if you were on that side of, uh, of South Boulevard. So tell me, you know, what what did it take to find the location? How difficult was that, uh, and how do, how was that process? Uh, it was it was fits and starts for a little while. There, it was kind of putting our toes in the water, uh, checking out some places. Um, we had looked at some. We actually looked at a couple of places that ended up being other breweries, and uh, kind of weren't ready <coughs> to make a go at it at that point. And then finally got serious and hunted around. and And that process was really about trying to find a place where what we wanted to create would work, not about just finding the space, because there were plenty of buildings that would have worked. Um, so does anybody here like to go uh, to open houses? 
You sure. Know? And, and, yeah. and that's, that's sort fun. of what it was. Yeah. You know, it was like, hey, you know, we got a tenant rep, excellent job for us. And they would call up periodically and say, we got a great space. Y'all check it out. So, you know, it was a great idea to get out of the office. We'd go, you know, get some fresh air, go look at some spaces, you know, kind of like an open house. Start dreaming and thought, talking about, okay, you know, here's where we'll put this, you know, is this going to work or not? So it actually, I think, helped sort of keep things going for a while before <laughs> yeah, we were necessarily ready to jump out of the plane. And, uh, but, you know, so looking for the space was a lot of fun, kind of kept the energy alive um, for a while. What was the timeline on that? Was it a couple year process, finding, securing, getting that deal going? Yeah, so uh, yeah, it was a several year process actually. Um, when, when we finally found our space, we it was about, let's see, that would have been summer of 2016 that we found the right. space that we're in uh, in now and uh, ended up signing that lease in December of 2017. Uh, no, no, mm-hmm. December of 2016. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. So it was a, it was a long process. And up to that, it was a couple of years before that of looking at other spaces. So who was the visionary behind this? Um, was it all four of you just all on board? Was there one pushing a little bit more in that direction? And who basically just finally said, we got to do this. Like, let's do this. So I, I think, you know, I don't know if, if any of you all rock climb, but I, I like to rock climb. And, and if you're going up a mountain there, somebody always has to lead, right? Somebody's behind belaying that person and someone's up running up the rock leading. And some people are better at certain slab stuff. Some people are better at the real pinchy stuff. Uh, for, you know, because we had the four of us, there's always somebody that had some expertise and someone that could take the lead. And so in terms of the visionary, I think it would depend on what you're talking about. All four of us had a moment where we would shine and then, you know, have a moment where the three of us would lay back and kind of follow their lead. When was the first time that you guys told your wives that uh, we were going to do this? And, uh, <laughs> we haven't told them yeah. yet. Oh, oh. <laughs> so like, hey, everybody, uh, uh, yeah. George and Alan own a brewery. <laughs> uh, That's fantastic. You know, our, our wives, probably like us, went through periods <clears throat> where they were supportive and periods where like, what the hell are you thinking? How are you going to do this? You have jobs. Uh, you have a family. What are you, what are you doing this for? So, um, but pretty early on, I mean, especially with my wife, because we were brewing out of my garage and we were over there all the time. So she heard it probably more often than any of the others, at least at that point. And I think it was viewed as a, a hobby and a pipe dream. And this is not going to really happen. Yeah. This great, guys. You have your little fun. You talk yeah. about it, but it's not really going to happen. And uh, then, you know, when you come home and you say, well, we just we just ate the lease. And, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've committed now. <laughs> yeah, by the way. <laughs> yeah, the signing of the lease and then the signing of loan documents made it all uh, really real for them. Yeah. T- tell us what it's such a cool brand and a cool story. Tell us what you all believe sets you apart from some of the other breweries in town. So we, you know, we, we hear this question, we've been hearing that question a lot, and especially leading up to what is going to make your brewery different? What is going to make you set, uh, stand uh, apart? And when we first started and, and had the idea, as we've told you, we didn't really need to answer that question too much because, you know, basically we would have been a fifth brewery and, and uh, you didn't need to stand apart. It was a wave. But uh, so that, so the answer to that question, I think, would, would change you know, depending on when you ask that. But today, you know, it's a little bit retrospective. What's SS part? Uh, I think some of it is uh, the fact that we've got uh, a restaurant, you know, a, a, a great food compliment. It's a, you can come in and have uh, lunch during the weekend when we're open. Um, we are working on a brunch menu. We're excited about that. Uh, and you can certainly get dinner. 
Um, and that started out as just, well, we'd have, you know, something to kind of keep people, you know, maybe a pretzel. So if they wanted to have another beer and really exploded and we're really excited about that element of it. Uh, certainly, I mean, we think we, you know, our beer is on par better than anybody in town. So that that's, you know, you have to hit that. Um, and then, you know, our, our focus uh, is, uh, you know, 100% on customer service, just whatever the customer is and, and connecting up with that neighborhood, you know, in the marketing business, talk about CRM and a lot of that stuff's new to us and, um, and working that. But since we've learned, you know, it's those people, you know, that group uh, that we want to be different to them. You know, I, sure. I may not be able to set myself apart to all of Charlotte, but I need to be able to set myself apart to them. And, and, and we've tried to do that as being part of the neighborhood. Yeah, and I've, I've, I've said this to some people too, and Alan and I have talked about it, that our, our goal is not actually to be different, it's to be great at what we do and focusing on the things that we do well and being great at that without that, this idea that we have to do it differently from somebody else. I love that. that makes sense. How did, so tell me about the name. I love the name personally. I feel like Charlotte, everybody's trying to, to run after that Charlotte audience because everybody, whether you're moving, I've only been here eight years. I love Charlotte. Charlotte's home. Like I grew up in Atlanta, but Atlanta's not home to me anymore. Charlotte is. So I'm going to wear a shirt that says Charlotte over Atlanta with you guys coming up with the name town brewing. I think it's so cool because you connect to that. Like this is my town. Like this is my brewery. How did you come up with that name? And if there were any other names that you guys would have done it, what would you name it? Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, the, the, on the first part, you know, we really wanted something that was approachable and comfortable, and that kind of maybe gave a little bit of a nostalgic feel, but uh, was really uh, gave this comfortable feel because that's the vibe we were going for in the tap room, and kind of what we want people to think about our beers is the very approachable and good. Um, on the, on the other names part, boy, we got a long list of them. It was brutal. It was a brutal, <laughs> brutal, brutal process. Speaking of wives, I mean, there was somebody amongst the four, really the eight of us, who disliked anything that was put forward. And it was a bit of a decision by committee for a long time. And I have to give a shout out to Stitch, who's our uh, branding partner. And they're located in Charleston. They're a fantastic group. Uh, and we had to we had to outsource. We had to go somebody. Third party. Get, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and kind of we really be that. did because everybody had a problem with yep. Well, town seems perfect, especially if you're trying to be that neighborhood bar, or, you know, resource for people to come gather and have a good time, eat a good meal. It's yeah. perfect, man. It is. And the it logo's is. awesome. And the van out front. Tell us a little bit yeah. about the van. Where did yeah. that come from? And yeah. when did that get incorporated in the process? So after we came up, I think after we came up with the name, we were trying to work with uh, on branding and what our logos were package was going to look like. And um, at some point somebody came up or maybe we came up together with this idea we needed we wanted some kind of vintage truck or van or something and we had this pipe dream also that maybe we would use them as delivery trucks and that was the idea yeah. really it came about as we had we we would get on ebay we had one of our partners rick morton who loved to get on ebay and search around for all these antique uh in the international which is what we've got out there uh, we all love that we just look the profile the look it's so classic uh in in american vehicle uh, and we, like George said, we were thinking that we would use, we'd have this fleet of these 1957 internationals until we realized that upfitting those to get them runnable would, would <laughs> yeah. basically have, you know, yeah. that's double, another project in itself. Yeah. Let's sell some beer first. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, not it so. It would be awesome uh, though. Uh, so, but yeah, so Rick, Rick, our partner, other partner, um, along with Mark Cutney, um, Rick was the guy, he was on it. He found that actual one in Saskatchewan. 
Oh, uh, very cool. So, you know, it, it was built in the early 50s, so you got to find ones that's in decent shape. Um, and found that, stuck it on a flatbed, brought it into uh, Montana, titled it, brought it down in a flatbed to Locust, had a guy there do body work on it, uh, and then stuck it on that ramp. Um, and it runs, but the brakes don't work. Got it. <laughs> so we're really hoping the yeah. really yeah. yeah. we're really hoping the emergency brake works though yeah, because right. it is sitting on a ramp. Uh, <laughs> so we, you know, we thought it would be great signage, uh, and so we painted the logo on the side or the name on the side, and uh, think it's you know it's kind of unique in terms of signage. Um, I think we still have a, a little bit of a pipe dream that we might have one that we'll take out to festivals and serve beer out of. Which would be cool. Is is that space an old warehouse or an old mechanic shop yeah, that you've converted? In, it was built in the 50s, I believe, as an auto repair garage. And then I know that, and that explains why you've got all those garage doors. Um, but our prior tenant was a company called Lubramation. I guess they owned the building, actually. They did. They owned uh, it for, yeah. I think, 30-plus years. Yeah, so they, they were in there for a long time. They... Um, uh, the Lubrimation sounds like they're a, a car-related company, but I think they just made machine parts for industry, industrial, industrial parts. parts. Yeah. Um, so they were in there uh, up until we... So it's great. The building's in. guts are, were fantastic, and the roofing and, uh, and the flooring, a lot of which we kept in the outfit. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic when you walk in. So let's get down <laughs> to the nitty-gritty. Let's talk beer. All right, I want to know who is coming up with these different recipes for your beer, have you incorporated some of your home brews into the beer? And then tell us a little bit about what are some of your favorites on tap right now? Uh, I would say, so Brian Quinn and Greg Nichols, who are a brewer and assistant brewer, uh, who are fantastic, um, are, they're the ones driving them and coming up with the specific recipes. Uh, we have input on that and collaborate, and but our collaborations are more on styles and what we're looking for in, in flavor profiles with the beers. Um, and they do a fantastic job. And tell me a little bit more about those profiles, because right now it seems like there's a, a rat race from different breweries, whether it's the, the design of the logo around a specific beer, what's in the beer, check out this citrus flavored IPA that makes you jump 10 feet higher and you're like, whoa, I'm drinking it. You know, what are you guys kind of going after? Is there a different flavor? Is there a different vibe? Are you trying to throw a couple different ones in there? How does that differentiate? So I think just to answer, uh, let me, relate back to the question is what makes you different? And I think, you know, you described it as a rat race for all these other breweries. And, and I think apt as that may be, it, it's what's happening in the industry. There are, so that's that competition. How do we set ourselves apart? Well, you know, well, I've got this sumac tree in my backyard that I'm going to somehow <laughs> infuse with, you know, the grass clippings from, you know, my next door neighbor. And, you know, it's local. It's really local. <laughs> well, we, do, we do have one of our bartenders. Yeah. Forager, this is awesome. So you, might yeah. some, you might see some forage mushrooms. Right, yeah. right. So it's, it's become that hyper, hyper, you know, local or, you know, using extreme ingredients. Unknown does. They just had their strange brew contest, which is awesome. And they did... Uh, you know, they have everybody come up with just whatever crazy stuff you get. But it's kind of like that competition is ongoing. If you go to the shelves out in any bottle shop, you'll see it. You know, they're they're out there. They And, and how do we compete and, you know, come up with that next thing that and, and chasing those trends like, you know, the. Um, the, the, the hazy IPAs. Hazy IPAs. Yeah. Sours. Yeah. Super popular. Northeast. Yeah. Sours are mm -hmm. popular. Yeah. So it, it, it certainly you, you have to be a part of uh, and hopefully maybe leading trends. Um, but what we have done, I think, to start is really 
nail the classics, right? The the the, the you know the the sour. We do an ESB, uh, which not a lot of people do. That's a, that's a more of a classic maltier bodied beer. Um, the the solid IPA, um, the pale ale. You know, just really nailing those and and doing it right. You know, so that a beer lover uh, and, and our uh, Brian Quinn and Greg, they are both, you know, just consummate professionals, really creative types. And uh, so they really want to elevate those styles, those classic styles. Yeah, and the styles went along with the vision for the tap room as well and trying to have an approachable uh, in, uh, variety in the uh, beer offerings. You know, something that we're not trying to be everything to everybody, but we have diverse palates. That's something we talked about early on is the four of us as owners have very diverse palates. Like we'd like to drink a lot of different things. So we wanted to make sure that we had a number of different styles available in the tap room at any one time. We've been open two and a half months and we're, I think, tapping 14 beers right now. 14 or 15 wow. beers. 15 today, I 15, think. 15, yeah. 15. We're, tap, the, we're tapping the, a new stout. stout yep. today, yeah. yep. So you mentioned delivery trucks. Are you all stocking the shelves in different retail centers around town or do you just strictly selling beer at your location at uh, this point? So we ju- we actually just started uh, with outside sales uh, and uh, have one delivery truck. <laughs> yeah, not, not a 1950s uh, international, but uh, yeah, we so we just started, but that won't be uh, stocking uh, shelves. That'll be bars and restaurants. Okay. Uh, so selling kegs. What is what is that market like, right? I mean, you look at, at Old Mecklenburg, and not to throw them a bone, but copper is everywhere, right? It's like yeah. you walk in, you can get copper. How are you? How do you compete in that? Like, how do you compete in that market to walk into a place and say, "This is why you need to have my beer." Yeah, it, yeah. it's uh, it's tight. It's yeah. really tight. And so one is having good staff that are know your beers and uh, know how to sell them and and, and educate people about them. Um, but the other thing that you have working for you, even in a tight market is everywhere you go, people want the local stuff. You know, this people want to know that their beer is coming from around the corner. Uh, and that's a huge plus. So, um, yeah, there's a lot out there, but, uh, there's also a lot of taps where people want to keep that rotation of local beers available. I mean, they were first hats off to them. They were leaders and and they deserve that spot. So, you know, the folks at Old Mac and Birdsong really penetrated the market around here. Um, but people also want the newest thing, you know, and we have to take advantage of that because that's who we are. You know, what's fresh? I've talked to a lot of you know, bar owners, restaurant owners, and they're excited because, you know, well, I've got this same stuff on rotation. You guys are, you know, you're hot, you're new. And we have to take advantage of that um, and, and uh, get out there, uh, not just in this, you know, not just in Charlotte, but, you know, it's a, the, the city creeps all the way at Concord, Gastonia, all that. And so we want to get out to those areas as well. It's amazing how many breweries are in, in those towns now. I mean, Concord, I think, has three breweries now, wow, three or four. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so the, the competition is here, and, and you know, we have to face it, and just like everybody else. Uh, and if your beer is good, and not everybody's is, you know, people will get it. Beer drinkers will get it, and they'll, and they'll, keep, they'll keep it going. So four attorneys start the brewery. Do any of you all have experience in the restaurant and and beer selling space well talking about the mountaineering thing that's alan that's mm-hmm. alan's lead charge uh, yeah i alan's had about 17 different <laughs> okay uh, yeah. yeah well-rounded yeah. I, I was uh, yeah i started off washing dishes at 16 was a restaurant manager by 17 and basically worked through working restaurants in high school uh and then 
on and off for about the next eight years was in, I mean, I lived in LA, worked at a restaurant in Beverly Hills. I was a maitre d' of a restaurant uh, up in New Jersey. I was bartending. Uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina, bartended, waited tables. Uh, okay, basically so worked you in every job it. there yeah. is uh, in the restaurant business, um, except owning a brewery. So you know, now I got that one. Check, check that off the list. Check. So you were familiar with what you were getting into, right? Yeah, <laughs> so I should have known better. I should have known better. Uh, so well, so uh, following that question, I'm just curious, like, what has been your biggest challenge so far? If you don't um, mind sharing, if you no, know. well, I, I think you know. To be perfectly honest, it's getting ourselves organized. You know, we've got great people that we have brought on who are taking the day to day and the leadership, uh, and just executing the way we we have laid it out. But uh, amongst ourselves, you know, sometimes because we're distracted, we're either too distracted. Or we're like, you know, watching five-year-olds play soccer. You know, we're all clustered <laughs> around the ball, you know. Right. So I, I think, you know, we're, we're, that's one thing that we're, you know, is challenging. And, and we're working on being more effective uh, in organizing ourselves and, you know, making sure. Because as we were leading up to opening, it was a little bit easier. Well, you take this, you take this. But now it's just, it's an, it's an ongoing organism that needs to be fed and, and kept the light on and, and we, we are working on figuring that out. That's been a that's I'd been say, a challenge. That's, right. that's awesome. And so I wanna I wanna jump back into the beer real quick because I'm just kinda interested to see how things have been going. How many kegs have you already gone through? And do you have a staple? Is there one beer on there that's selling more than others that you're either surprised about or one that you knew this is gonna be our go to and we're gonna push this around Charlotte? Uh, I, you know, so our, it's IPAs are the biggest yep. sellers consistently. Um, you know, you'll have days here or there where a, a different style like the ESB or the a Porter or Stout will outsell, but consistently it's the IPAs, particularly Escape Plan IPA, which is kind of our flagship IPA, and uh, my apologies, your welcome, which is a New England IPA. Those two, far and above every, every other one. Uh, so we move through those a lot. Yeah, and there's a so there's the, the the sour trend, the the hoppy beer trend, you know, called IPAs. But also, I think there is uh, there has been over the last couple of years sort of the lager pilsner trend, which is getting people who you know have held on to their bud and and more of those lager type. That's what they grew up. That's what I grew up drinking, and they are not that interested in you know a really heavy hoppy beer. I mean, they want to drink two or three beers at the end of the day, and some of those either you can't because it does it is heavier. Feels like you just ate a loaf of bread after three or four of those, and you're kind of hammered. So, uh, <laughs> so you can be a little bit hammered. So, yeah. uh, so we're uh, you know so the the trend uh, I think a part of the the brewery is to find uh, that those palates that like those lighter lager type beers and how that you know because i think pilsners and lagers kind of present in in the same way to beer drinkers um who aren't professionals um so i speak of those together and we're working on working on those um yeah we're um, gonna have we <coughs> just actually brewed a pilsner for well a pills for uh rhino market they just had their fourth anniversary we did called, called chubby unicorn uh, <laughs> uh, in, in their honor and that's been a, that's been a good seller but it's only been on tap for about a week uh, week and a half two weeks um and then we'll have Dallas Point. We're going to have an, uh, some more lagering uh, to do over the next few months. 
Yeah, working on those lighter beers, um, and uh, you, you know, you got it. You got to have them. You know, there's that whole people like to, you know, have a drink at the end of the day, but they, you know, want to ruin the, you know, the five mile run they had, you know, that that morning, and uh, so you got to, you got to keep that in your in your offerings. Absolutely. Well, this is awesome. Um, if, if we have any listeners or corporations that are interested in doing a holiday party or just want to check you guys out, how can they reach you? What's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, so you can go to our website, townbrewing.com, um, and then, uh, or you can send an email to info at townbrewing.com, um, and that will it'll get routed to the right spot. Awesome. We'll also follow them on Instagram. They do a great job. Y'all, the beer is amazing. The food is amazing. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the podcast. I might leave right now and go get a beer. If Scott will let me. Come on, let's go. Let's do it. Um, But I appreciate you guys. Coffee stout on tap today. That's exactly what I need. George and Alan, thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate the opportunity for you guys coming on here and telling your story. And uh, we can't wait to to continue to go to Tom Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.